during the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness, and God's kingdom will stand forever. Welcome to the end. The end is coming. Do you know the signs? In October of 2017, California experienced some of the worst fires they have ever had on record. In the middle of the night, the winds picked up to 115 kilometers per hour, spreading the Tubbs fire through forested areas near and towards Santa Rosa, California. Most were sleeping and had no idea of the danger that was fast coming towards them. A few weeks later, this tweet appeared. It was from a lady named Kat. She said to the annoying person who drove through my neighborhood yesterday a.m. honking like a maniac and waking me from my pleasant sleep, thank you, you saved my life. Friends, this woman's life was saved because she heard the warning sign. And so too, today, God has warning signs that are here to wake us up so that we can be ready for the end as it approaches. In Matthew 24, verse 33, Jesus said to his disciples, So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. What did Jesus mean when he said these things? What was he talking about? Today, we're going to step through those things together so that we can clearly know the signs. Most of our time is going to be spent in, in Matthew chapter 24. But before we go there, I want to take you to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And in the very last chapter of the last book of the Bible, in verse 7, we find Jesus says these words, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And again in verse 12, he says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Now, when God says something once, you know it's important. When he says something twice, it's very important. But guess what? He goes for a third time here in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20. He says, He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. It's extremely important. Jesus says, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. But how quickly is quickly? And how soon is soon? Are we really near the end of the world? Well, you may or may not be aware of this, but many people of faith are not the only ones who are saying that the world is fast hurtling towards a coming end. The Doomsday Clock was established in 1947 by some of the world's leading scientists. And it's a reflection of how close they believe mankind is to the destruction of the world, to the end, if you will. Recently, this clock moved a hundred seconds to midnight. That is the closest to midnight that we have ever been. Reasons why? Well, fear of nuclear security, climate change, and even get this, fake news. These were the driving factors behind the change. Stephen Hawking, among the leading atheists and scientists in our world, he said this, Our long-term survival and any hope for our species is in question. However, if we can keep from destroying each other for the next 100 years, sufficient technology will develop to distribute humanity to various planets, and then no one tragedy or atrocity will eradicate us all at the same time. 
So he's pretty clear, this place is not a good place to be in right now. Science cannot be our savior. Only Jesus, the Bible says, can offer us a rescue from a doomed planet and he promises to take us to a better world. There are many people that have many different ideas about how this will all pan out. But friends, I'm not so interested in what men say or what the newspapers say. I'm interested to know what God says. And so today, that's what we are going to discover, what God says about the end of the world. So come with me to Matthew 24. Here we find Jesus is with his disciples and they're leaving the temple. And as they do, the disciples pointed to the temple and they were trying to help Jesus to appreciate its beauty, this magnificent building. And then Jesus said something to them that literally shocked them. In Matthew 24, verse 2, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. They were mind blown. How could this be? The temple destroyed? That would be like me showing someone the Sydney Harbour Bridge and saying, look at this place, look at this bridge. And then they say, well, it's going to fall down. I mean, it's just shocking. And to them, this was equated with the end of the world. Soon after, Jesus' disciples, as they had this thought mulling in their minds, they came to him in verse 3 with this question. Tell us. Jesus, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? That was a really loaded question because it was really two questions in one. In their minds, the destruction of the temple meant the end of the world, which would be when the return of Jesus would come. And so Jesus masterfully answers their two questions by weaving together signs that would indicate uh, the coming of both the destruction of the temple and of the end of the world. You see, in less than 40 years, in 70 AD, the city of Jerusalem was going to be surrounded by Roman armies under the Emperor Titus and destroyed, temple included. And so the signs that lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, they were a microcosm, if you will, a a miniature version of the signs that would take place on a global scale before Jesus returns. The famed Jewish historian Josephus, he recorded that tragically nearly a million people, well, at least a million people, lost their lives in that siege when Jerusalem was sieged. But guess what? Not a single Christian died in that siege. Why? Because they understood the prophecy of Jesus and escaped and lived. And friends, if understanding the prophecies of Jesus can save lives back then, then you and I can be as certain that understanding God's word today, understanding prophecy today can lead to save lives when he comes. So let's look at them together. There are about four main categories of signs that Jesus gives to his disciples, and we will step through them. In verse 5 of Matthew 24, he makes a reference to false Christs and false prophets. We'll come back to this sign in just a moment. But notice with me verses 6 and 7. He said there would be signs that would take place in the political world. And notice what he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now, 
In September 25 of 2017, I saw this article come across uh, my desk. It says, North Korea says, Trump declared war. And then underneath, White House, no, he didn't. <laughs> That's a perfect example of rumors of war that we hear about us all the time. But of course, Jesus didn't just say, you'll hear about rumors. You will see actual wars take place. Verse 7 says, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Friends, this isn't just war, but Jesus is describing international war. And the 20th century held for the first time in recorded history a global war, a world war. And it didn't just record one, it recorded two. An estimated 180 million deaths took place in the 20th century alone as a result from war. This is why many historians, they call this the bloodiest century on record. But of course, you and I know that the wars have continued well on into the 21st century. There's been the Second Congo War. Of course, we hear the war on terrorism, and we've heard about that a lot. There's the Ivory Coast Civil War. There's the Yemen Civil War, the Gaza War, the Burundi Civil War, ISIS insurgency. I'm just pulling some out of, out of the blue here, but there are so many that we could make reference to. And Jesus says, you will see these signs in the political world. These are signs that point us not only to the soon return of Jesus, though, but to the perfect world that Jesus is preparing and wants to bring us to. The Bible tells us that God has a place, a world far better than this one, a world where there is no war, no sorrow, no death, a a world ruled by the Prince of Peace. These signs that we see that Jesus is sharing with us, they ought to make us homesick for a better world, homesick for heaven and long for the return of Jesus. And notice too, in verse 7, that Jesus describes there will be signs in the natural world as well. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, he says, pestilences and earthquakes in various places. We'll step through those just briefly now. Now, before I do that, you might be thinking to yourself, hold on a minute, Sharissa. These things have been happening for longer than you've existed. They've been happening for thousands of years before Jesus ever identified these as signs. Yes, you're right. But Jesus says something important in verse 8. He says that all of these signs are just the beginning of sorrows. And the word for sorrows here in the original Greek, it means birth pains. And as labor pains come for any woman that's ever given birth, she will know that when labor pains come, they change in two ways, in intensity and in frequency. And the closer the contractions come together and the greater their intensity, you know the baby's about to come. Friends, Jesus was saying, the closer we came as a world to his soon return, the more frequently and the more intense will be the signs of his coming. Now, can we see this happening? Do we see these signs happening with greater frequency and intensity? And the answer is yes. But you don't have to just take my word for it. Listen to what Kofi Annan had to say, the former Secretary General of the UN. He said the tragic earthquake in Greece and the enormous devastation and suffering wrought by recent earthquake, by the recent earthquake in Turkey are reminders of one of the most pressing challenges of our time. The extraordinary increase in the number and extent of 
of natural disasters. And more recently, scientists are echoing his words. Listen to these headlines. The risk of cascading natural disasters is on the rise. Natural disasters, an increasing reality. And how about this one? Why killer viruses are on the rise. And we are really seeing all the words of Jesus come alive before our eyes today. And then he mentioned not just our wars, but he mentioned famines. Yes, we've always had famine, but never has it been so prevalent as it is today. Every day, two billion people will go to bed tonight malnourished. There are major food shortages in at least 38 countries in our world today. 3.5 million people die every year, not of coronavirus, but of starvation. Half the world will have critical water shortages in the next 20 years. I mean, this breaks God's heart. And he longs to put an end to this suffering, to the hunger and the death. And so the Bible tells us that he will. He is coming soon to put an end to these things. Jesus says you'll hear of famines. You'll see famines, but you'll also see pestilences. What's a pestilence? It's a strange disease. Now, it's estimated by the CDC that there are over 1 billion cases of vector-borne or airborne diseases every single year. That's a lot. In the last 20 years, we've seen bird flu, swine flu, SARS, Ebola, and none of them are as serious as what's affecting us right now. COVID-19. In fact, look at some of these headlines that have appeared. World War Three is here. The enemy is COVID-19. Listen to what Donald Trump said on March 31, 2020, this year. He said, thank you very much, everyone. Our country is in the midst of a great national trial, unlike any we have ever faced before. You all see it. You see it probably better than most. We're at war with a deadly virus. And this one from the WHO. We are at war, the World Health Organization says, warning millions could die from COVID-19. Our friends, it's no secret. Pestilences and diseases are on the rise. Superbugs are developing so much so that we don't have an antibiotic to solve the problem. And in addition to these kinds of pestilences, how about the pestilence or plagues that are hitting um, parts of Africa with locusts sweeping through crops, destroying them in parts of the globe? In fact, listen to this from the LA Times. It says here... Um, uh, it's like a biblical plague. Locusts swarm East Africa, laying waste to crops and livelihoods. Desert locusts has smitten East Africa like a plague from the Bible. Another quote, hundreds of billions of them have conquered territory in at least eight countries, overwhelming governments and aid organizations while consuming crops and grazing land so rapidly that experts fear widespread famine. Finally, Jesus said in the natural world, that you would also see earthquakes. Now, most of these that happen aren't strong enough for us to actually feel them. But notice with me the records of history. This is really interesting. History records earthquakes above a magnitude of 7.0 on the Richter scale. Now, between the 9th century and the 16th centuries, there was a maximum of four recorded earthquakes above 7.0. In the 17th century, it rose to 10 18th century, 19, 20th century, 169, but this, get this, in the 21st century, and only within the first years of the first 20 years of the 21st century, we've had 288 
earthquakes above 7.0 magnitude. Jesus said in Luke 21, 11, you wouldn't just hear of earthquakes, but he said there will be great earthquakes. What are the scientists saying? Notice with me this. Notice the NBC Science News article from 2014. The headline captured my attention. Worldwide surge in great earthquakes seen in past 10 years. From the article, between 2004 and 2014, 18 earthquakes with a magnitude of 8.0 or, or more rattled subduction zones around the globe. That's an increase of 265% over the average rate of previous, of the previous century, which saw 71 great earthquakes. Truly, we are seeing an increase in the frequency and intensity of these things. What is God trying to say to us? He is trying to wake us up. It's time to give our lives to God. It's time to get to know God and have a relationship with Him. Though the earth may be quaking under our feet, if our life belongs to Him, then Jesus says, you will never be shaken out of my hand. And of course, in Australia, I just have to mention this. While Jesus didn't mention fire in this, in His Matthew 20, for signed list, we are seeing that the fires are devastating too. In 2020, 18.6 million hectares around, burned around our country and 3,000 homes in addition more than 3,000 homes and 8,000 plus buildings were destroyed. This is unprecedented disaster that we are seeing in the natural world. These signs, these calamities, they are showing to you and showing to me that there is no security in this place. We can't trust in our money. We can't trust in our possessions. All that we've worked for in this world can be swept away in a moment by a fire, by a flood, destroyed in an earthquake. But if you build your life on Jesus Christ, if you place your hope and your faith in the God of the Bible, then he promises to you and to me that your treasures and your assets and your life will last for eternity. Next, Jesus said that there would be signs that would point to his return, also seen in the social world. Matthew 24 37 says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. What was the days of Noah like, you might ask? Good question. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 says, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil on Tuesdays. That's not what it says. It says evil continually. And in verse 11, it says the earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Now, violence, murder, bloodshed, is that around us today? Absolutely. If people aren't doing it, then they're watching it on TV and even enjoying it. MMA fights, violent movies, violent games where you can act out whatever disgusting, vile crime you can think of that would land you in jail for life, you can do it today on a video game. Truly violence fills our land and fills our world. But that wasn't the only problem in Noah's day. The Bible says that Noah's time was a corrupt time. Has the world become corrupt? Or put it this way, immoral? That's another form of corruption, immorality. I just look at a list of um, problems that teachers encountered in high school in the 1940s. They were things like talking out of turn, chewing gum, making noise in class, running in the hall, cutting in line. Almost sounds like peaceful, doesn't it? Uh, today, the problems are drug use. Pregnancy, alcohol abuse, rape, 
robbery, assault, and suicide. In fact, I had an experience where I was practicing when I used to, I was going to be a teacher once, and I was practicing teaching in a school in Sydney, a public school, and I had a class of year nine boys. Half the class was in the room because they had just come off suspension, and the other class was not in the room because they were on suspension. So we can see that our society, the fabric of our society is really changing. Homes are being affected. Has the world become more immoral? Absolutely. And in addition to this, Jesus not only says the end times will be like the times of Noah, he also says they'll be like the times of Lot in Luke chapter 17, verses 28 through 30. He says, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, even so will it be when the day, in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So what was Lot's day like? Well, Lot's day was filled with every kind of sexual perversion you can think of, immorality, incest, rape. It was on the billboards down the highway. It was in their newspapers. It was just like our world today. In fact, these were the sins that filled Sodom and Gomorrah and brought about its destruction. The word sodomy comes from there. And so, friends, we are seeing that everything that Jesus said would happen before he comes, it is happening just as he said it would. The world is fast becoming like the days of Noah and Lot. And it's a sign, Jesus says. The earth would be filled with violence, immorality, sexual perversion. And these things just make our hearts long for heaven, long for a home where there will be purity and peace that will be safe. And Jesus says in verse 12, of Matthew 24, that the reason why these things would be on the rise would be because lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. One of the areas where we see this global cooling taking place is in the family. Through addiction, dysfunction, divorce, Satan is splitting homes. The divorce rate in the 1900s was one out of every 12 marriages. But from the year 2000, the divorce rate is one out of every two. Maybe you have experienced this pain in your own life. Know this, that Jesus says your spouse may leave you, but he promises in his word he will never leave you nor forsake you. You might be a single mother struggling to make ends meet. Know that Jesus says, God says in Isaiah 54 verse 5, the Lord your maker is your husband. God says he will be a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows. Divorce was never part of God's plan. It hurts. But when we live in a world where this hurt is all around us, it reminds us that we weren't made for this. God wants to take us to the world that we were made for, a better world where there is no more pain, no more hurt. Another sign that Jesus warned would take place would be in the in the social world before his return was the economic uncertainty sign. James 5, 1 through 3 says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are, what's that word? Corroded. And their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Jesus says your riches will be corroded, that money will lose its value. And for some time, 
The stage has been set for this to happen with rising debt of nations. And now, thanks to Corona, the world economy has begun to topple with the highest rates of job loss we're seeing now in a century. Leaders are saying it's the worst financial downturn since the Great Depression, but there's a greater one coming. In Revelation 18, verse 17, the Bible tells us of the greatest coming economic collapse in human history. It says, for in one hour, Such great riches came to nothing. And as you hear these things, it might strike fear in your heart, but Jesus tells us that these things would cause that. He he says that men's hearts would be failing them for fear in Luke 21, verse 26. But friends, if you have given your life to Jesus, you may lose your job in the crisis, but you if you're a Christian, you have not lost your provider. God says he will take care of us. The current and future economic crises will be overruled by God for good. They point us to this beautiful reality coming soon of a place where we won't need money to survive. In fact, we won't need anything because we'll have everything and God will provide it all. We will walk on streets of gold, the Bible tells us, with Jesus in our eternal home. Last but not least, Jesus pointed to signs in the religious world and he warned three times in Matthew 24 that there would be false Christs, and false prophets. In verse 11, he warns that they would show great signs and wonders even. That means that just because a miracle takes place doesn't actually mean that it is from God. Satan and his demons can work miracles too, the Bible tells us, and Jesus warns that many before he comes will be deceived by these miracles. That's why we are having studies like this one, so that you and I can learn to study God's word and know what he says, so we can recognize the truth and know the true Christ. And when we do, when we know the truth, we won't be deceived by a counterfeit. Do we see false Christ today? Yes, you can. I'll leave you to go and Google them and find out and read about them. They're everywhere. People saying things that, and even false prophets saying things on behalf of God that are not true. But not only that, in Deuteronomy 18, the Bible identifies witches, wizards, necromancers, spirit mediums, and psychics as false prophets too. Pause and think about that for a moment. Many parents are completely unaware that the seemingly innocent stories and that they feed to their children and allow them to watch and read in books and movies, they're actually introducing their kids to the occult, which is the realm of the evil one. And so we are seeing that Jesus, as he identifies these things would be taking place before he comes, he is telling us also that he has something so much better to offer to you and to I than the world that around us, than the false prophets. He has the true prophets, and the prophets are here recorded here in his word. They speak truth. Friends, the final sign, the sign that Jesus gives that will happen just before he returns. In Matthew 24, verse 14, he says this, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. God is so fair. He gives to everyone a fair chance to choose or reject him. And right now, as you are watching this presentation, the gospel is going to all the world. 
through the internet, through satellite, through television, through printed page, as for people share and call people on the phone even, as people are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is being heard by many. But there are still many others who need to hear. God needs you. He needs me. He needs each one of us to share the good news that this world is not all there is to look forward to, that there is a better world to look forward to, and Jesus is coming soon. Every needless death that you see recorded in a news headline because of a disease reminds us that Jesus is coming to take us to a world where there'll be no more disease. Every child that dies of starvation points us to heaven where there will be no one that will ever go hungry. In fact, the Bible says... We will eat the delicious fruit from the tree of life. It's probably going to be better than a mango. Each war that is fought on this planet points us forward to the coming of Jesus, who is called the Prince of Peace. And the Bible says that he will not reign for a month or a week, but he will reign forever and ever. Every earthquake that shakes us and wakes us, it brings destruction and death on this earth. But it reminds us that God is promising to us that he will make a new heaven and a new earth that will never be shaken. I had a long-distance relationship with my now husband. And it actually went, as he would tell you, long-term. And while we were apart, we could hardly wait to see each other. We would text all the time, we would talk, but we were always longing to see the other person face to face. You see, when you love somebody, you can hardly wait to see them, to be with them. And it's the same with Jesus. Do you long to see him? Do you want to be with him? Because if you love him, that's going to be the desire of your heart. My Bible tells me, as Jesus has outlined these signs, that he is coming soon. And when we love him, we will long to see him and be with him. You know the signs. My question to you is, do you know the Savior? Maybe what we've just talked about is new to you, and maybe it isn't. But as you can see, the Bible is very clear. Jesus is coming soon. We've seen the signs, and we are seeing the signs happening all around us. I'm so excited that we can have this opportunity to make these choices today, because the end is coming soon. You've been listening to The End. For more information about this program or any of this show's free offers, visit www.theend.digital.